Hello, Hellcats! Come spend spooky season with Ew That's Creepy! This week, we are telling stories of people being possessed by demons or spirits. First, Melissa is going to tell Jackie about Amy Stamatis, an air flight nurse who seemingly became possessed after treating a patient. Please be aware that this episode will discuss suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Ew That's Creepy. We have another story for you guys and I'm super freaking pumped because we're doing another possession story. What, what, what? Possession, what? I wish we could just do some horns like <laughs> Diplo air horn. <laughs> 50 air horns go off when we say possession. Who's possessed? Am I right? Who's in the crowd tonight? Possessed. What? Put your hands up, everybody, if you're possessed in here. We love some supernatural stories in October. I love them. Me too. In this one, I was. Honestly, like, I hate to say it for, obviously, the victim, kind of, but I low-key was really happy I found this. And this was, like, the only recent possession story I could find, basically. Good, because mine was from the 80s. Yeah, this isn't totally recent, but there was an article written about it in 2019. And I will preface right now that this article is the only article I could find on this. This one and another one. Every other article about this is just the same article republished. So oh, one of those. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Paige Cushman, for writing the article, I Could See the Demons, an Exorcism in Arkansas. Oh my god, let's hear it. I know, it's like an episode of A Haunting, basically. Yeah, it does. So this article by Ms. Paige Cushman, and then another article by... Brent Swancer for the Mysterious Universe website are the only two articles about this, and I will link them below. So thank you, Brent and Paige. Um, so we're going to start with our story of Amy Stamatis. Amy was a typical middle-aged woman living with her husband in Little Rock, Arkansas. So this starts off, and this one too is creepy to me because there's no buildup and there's no... I played with a Ouija board. I moved into a haunted house. Nothing. So in 2005, Amy Stamatis was working as a med flight nurse at Baptist Health Medical Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. I had to look that up. And a med flight nurse is a nurse that is specialized to perform care and help victims in need while you're in flight. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, life light and stuff like that. But I didn't know that you would have to be certified in doing that. That's pretty cool. So Amy was working one day a 24-hour shift at the medical center. Oh, my God. I know. And she's, they said a burn victim is brought in and placed under her care. And I'm thinking to myself, how are we expecting anyone on hour 22 of their shift to be administering proper care? That's insane. And that's just a shift. Like, imagine the time it took her to get up, get yeah. ready, all of that. And we're expecting them to give life-saving care. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But Amy had a patient brought in, and they were a burn victim. I believe they were pretty burned. 
Amy wheeled the patient in and completed her typical report as she normally would. But when Amy was done with her report and helping this victim, she found herself wandering back down the hall to the emergency room. And she started to realize in her head that she didn't know where she was and she didn't really know how to do her job. It was like she helped this burn victim patient and then it seemed like her mind just went out the window. That's so strange. And those are like in her own words. That was a quote that she said, basically, I helped this victim and it seemed like my mind just left. So she went home. Um, She was a marathon runner. So I believe it was her routine to go home after shift and get a little jog in. But again, she was like her body wouldn't jog in a straight line and she just couldn't basically remember how to jog correctly. That's so strange. And she's a marathon runner. So something was clearly wrong. Not normal. Yeah. Amy tried to just like go about her daily tasks. She tried to pick out her clothes and stuff just for the next day, like normal, kind of trying to, if I just push through this, will I get past it? But Amy realized that she couldn't even remember how to pick out her clothes. Like, she couldn't even function. Oh my god, that is so scary. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Amy clearly is realizing that something is wrong. This isn't just, like, I am confused. She told her husband that she thought she was having a nervous breakdown and was, like, about to snap and needed medical attention. And it's really, really sad because when I'm reading this and putting this together, it's like what Amy didn't realize is that that shift at the medical center helping that burn victim was the last normal day of her life. Oh my god, no. Yeah. So, in, um, so that happened and this was in 2005. In the months that follow, Amy and her husband visited various doctors in Arkansas and in states nearby So they went to see doctors and psychological experts and did a bunch of testing and all of that. So they're going, she's undergoing all this testing and they're trying to figure out what's wrong. They're kind of just like throwing little diagnoses here and there, but nothing concrete, like nothing, this is what is happening and why you can't remember a lot of things. Yeah. And as the months are going by, as they're doing more research and stuff, Amy's behavior is continuing to grow more strange and more erratic. And it's not, you know, things aren't just coming back to her how they kind of anticipated. Things are getting worse, which was weird. And Amy told her husband and doctors that she had started to hear strange voices speaking to her that didn't seem like physical sounds. It sounded like someone was speaking to her from inside her head. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Doctors and psychologists just kind of kept diagnosing her with a disorder and an illness here and there. One diagnosis that they kind of were saying was more drastic and like kind of the only thing that they could find, which would include all of her symptoms and stuff. And they said that she potentially had a chemical imbalance called porphyria which can cause seizures, nervous system dysfunction, mental confusion, that type of thing. And by Amy's own admission, doctors were giving her candy and antidepressants left and right. I believe she said like they were candy to help with her ongoing symptoms. 
So it's like, no one's even really Yeah, dying. you said they were giving her candy and antidepressants. Sorry, I meant they're giving... <laughs> but <laughs> what I meant to say is they're giving her antidepressants like it's candy. So they're not really diagnosing her with anything, but somehow all these doctors are still giving her antidepressants and like... They're just trying to see if anything works. Yeah. And so Amy herself is a nurse and she's kind of like... Okay, it, it seems to me that she realized things are wrong. They're just giving me any medicine they can give me, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Even after she was diagnosed possibly with having porphyria, porphyria, they didn't, it wasn't like there's a cure. They kind of just were seeing how things went as it went on. And as months continued to go by with Amy and her husband going to hospitals and psychologists... Amy is still becoming increasingly volatile and just acting strange. So the voices started to be, they began to say obscene things to Amy and tell Amy to hurt herself sometimes. And Amy started to randomly say inappropriate things as well without warning. Like, um, I don't remember if it was friends or family, but they basically were saying Amy was having these outbursts, just saying these ob- obscene things out of nowhere. And they were like, this isn't Amy. And this is very strange that she's just saying these obscene things without any warning. Yeah. And out of nowhere. She also started to, well, continued, I guess, to have states where she couldn't remember things. And Amy herself said like she felt that she was just walking around in a trance. So similar to after what happened with the burn victim, when she helped him, she said that there would be times where she would just be basically wandering, not knowing what really was going on or what she was doing. And she kind of like couldn't remember what she had intended to do. She was in a trance-like state. So they're still doing more research and they're doing more testing. They really don't know what is going on. Doesn't this sound also like the episodes we did last week with the trance? Yeah, it does. I know. I'm like, is this a possession? I thought that when when you were telling your story, I was like, this is weird how similar they are um, to last week. But ironically and kind of sad, Amy had to go to the medical center where she previously worked as a med flight nurse. So I don't know. They didn't really say why she was there. But they said when Amy would be at the medical center that she would lash out at coworkers and yell at people who were her former friends. So they were like, even if a trans state is going on, something else is going on. She's changing. She's acting volatile and she wasn't like that. Yeah. That's like way more than just some episode of psychosis. One thing that was really strange that happened in the article, I thought this was so odd, was that at a family gathering with Amy's husband's side of the family, she stripped out of her clothing without warning in front of all of her in-laws. Okay. So she kind of, like, it's really sad. She went to this, some sort of event with her husband and her in-laws and randomly they just looked and she was undressing. Oh my gosh, that's so sad for her and her husband, but also so uncomfortable imagining if you were one of the family members there and didn't really know what was going on. This is uncomfortable for everyone. Like, I couldn't imagine how her husband felt. You would be like, who am I sleeping to at night? And there's not even an explanation. It's not like it's Amy's fault. Yeah, and it's just, it's just sad because the things she were doing, it just wasn't making any sense. 
things are kind of escalating. Clearly, they're coming to a head. A month or so after the event with her in-laws, um, Amy and her husband decided to visit the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota for Amy to receive specialized treatments. So I think that her and her husband kind of realized that things were getting worse and nothing was really getting better. So they were trying to go to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. However, while they were at the Mayo Clinic, Amy continued to hear these violent voices and feel violent. She managed to break away from the doctors and the psychologists and ran up a steep parking ramp and threatened to jump off it. Oh my gosh. So police were called and they, alongside Amy's husband, were able to talk her back down. And I read in the um, one article by Brent that Amy claimed that she afterwards had no knowledge of the incident and she didn't remember being up there or remember trying to commit suicide or anything like that. But I think it took her like an hour to talk her back down. So it wasn't just like she came up and she came back down. Police and her husband and people were there basically negotiating for her to come back. Yeah, like this was a whole ordeal. Mm Mm-hmm. So shortly after the incident at the Mayo Clinic, Amy was at her home in Searcy, Arkansas, when she began to hear the voices again. She doesn't really, like, remember exactly what happened, but in a daze of sorts, Amy went up to her second-story window on her home and just decided to sit on the windowsill. One thing led to another, and Amy ended up falling from the window, and this was, like, at least two stories up. The fall caused Amy to break her back in multiple places, punctured both of her lungs, and broke a couple of her ribs. Ah! The fall did so much damage to Amy's lower body that she was paralyzed from the waist down. Oh my god, no, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously doctors and everyone were asking her what was going on, and I believe that the assumption was that it was a suicide attempt because of all of the... everything going on with her mental health, and a month or so ago when she ran up the ledge at the Mayo Clinic... Yeah. But Amy insisted that no matter what was up with her mental health before, that she didn't try to commit suicide. And Amy herself insisted that whatever dark forces were speaking to her caused her to fall. She didn't necessarily say that she was pushed. She just said that they caused her to fall. So, like, I don't know if maybe she means that she didn't intend to jump maybe they put her in this weird trance where she went up and like felt the need to yeah either way it's weird as hell and amy herself has pointed out that i believe she pointed out that her no arms or her legs were broken so you know if you jump out of the window intentionally typically you're going to try and brace yourself but she wasn't. Her arms and her legs weren't broken. It was as if she just fell and, like, let herself fall. Like she wasn't even controlling her body. Yeah. So it was really strange. Just this whole thing. And it's just strange how it's, like, one month she's undressing. The next month she's threatening suicide. The next month she's jumping out of the window. Like Things are escalating. So fast. Escalating very fast. <laughs> After the fall from the windowsill, Amy's local church decided to hold a prayer service on Amy's behalf because she was very strong in her faith. And so her church kind of wanted to just have a little prayer service where they would, you know, send healing prayers and do that. 
During the service, um, a woman named Cindy Lawson heard Amy's story. She attended the church. And so she heard about Amy and she heard about her fall from the window. Cindy did not actually know Amy, but she said that when she heard the service, she felt really called to see Amy. And Cindy said that the Lord actually spoke to her and said, like basically told her, you need to go see Amy in the hospital. But she didn't know Amy, so Cindy was like, okay, I think I'm getting a sign here. Yeah. Cindy herself worked as a Pentecostal evangelist and had performed exorcisms in the past. So she felt this strange somehow that, like, what was going on with Amy was caused by demonic forces or caused by some sort of forces that were against the church. So... Cindy had performed about 10 or so exorcisms in her life. Cindy told reporters that she had seen a nine-year-old boy levitate during an exorcism. Others have foamed at the mouth or their eyes changed to black. Some have even spoken apparently in a demonic voice. So she's not a pastor or an exorcist through the church or anything, but she has personal experience and she really felt called to go see Amy. So, Cindy decided to accompany one of Amy's friends on a visit to the hospital. They obviously didn't tell Amy, like, hey, an exorcist is coming by. (laughs) So, they were kind of just like, okay, we'll just go and we'll just act like it's a little church friend. (laughs) So, they show up and the friend told Amy that Cindy was just going to say a few prayers prayers for her. But Cindy noticed that Amy appeared wide-eyed and startled in her presence. And suddenly Amy growled, why are you here? To Cindy. Creepy. I believe, too, they said that the voice wasn't like typical Amy's voice. Cindy knew the drill here. She was like, "Mm, I've been around the block. I've seen this before. (laughs) Cindy took out anointing oil that she had brought with her. And she started to wipe it across Amy's forehead and praying that, you know, God's strength would help to release the demons inside of Amy and to just through the power of God that what is going on with Amy will stop. So after praying and um, using her anointing oil, Cindy noticed that Amy's facial expression had changed and that she just seemed to be back to her, her normal self. So... Amy seemed to come back to the room and to her body. She said she had no recollection of Cindy being there or that there was this, like, sort of exorcism in the hospital or anything like that. Okay. To this day, Amy is fine now. Oh, it worked? Yeah. Yay! It worked. Amy fully believes that she was possessed by some sort of spirit or a demon. And Amy says, she points out to... You know, in this article that was written, she says that if she was on duty and someone came in saying they were possessed, she would not have believed it. Like, even though she had faith in the church, she said that she would not have believed this. But she lived it and she is saying that what she experienced was not some disease or some psychiatric episode or anything like that. She believes it was fully a possession which was occurring and that's just like it almost seems like that's just low-key what it had to be because it's just too much like fate that cindy somehow heard and was able to 
be there for her when she had experience with exorcisms and like was literally knew the signs of what it like what possession looked like when other people didn't right and they tried like 50 different medications obviously seriously she said amy herself said they're giving me pills like candy and nothing is helping it's like even if for some reason this was a psychotic episode everyone's accounts say that amy was fine after this and that she was back to her normal self now the thing that is very, very sad is that Amy, still to this day, cannot walk. She is Yeah, still, like that never changed. Yeah, she's still paralyzed from her fall. So it is sad. Um, Amy was never able to return to work due to her injuries. I burnt my tongue so hot. <laughs> The hot beverage right before I came. I just look over at Jackie as I'm telling her this tragic, she could not return to work. And Jackie's like staring at her own tongue. <laughs> I burnt my tongue on the boiling hot tea. Respect Amy for the next approximately three minutes. You're right. I'm sorry. Your boiling hot tea can wait. You're right. Um, but basically, so as sad as it is, Amy was never able to go back to work Um the fall from the window caused her to not be able to walk routinely, so she could not go back to work. But Cindy and Amy both pray every day that God will intervene and bless Cindy with mobility again. You mean Amy. Sorry, Amy. Well, that's kind of nice that they're still friends, too. Right. And one thing that I wanted to touch on, which I um, this was in the articles about this, is that it's kind of, you know, they're kind of developing this opinion, is that maybe Amy was more oppressed rather than possessed. And um, the article from KATV referenced that demonic possession is the most dramatic form that we see in the movies and everything like that. When someone's body has become completely possessed by a demonic force, like there is no more individual in that body anymore. But that wasn't really what was happening with Amy. So there's another form of demonic influence called demonic oppression, where a demon has control over you, but they're not completely possessing your entire body where you have no self-control. Yeah, that seems more on point. Right. So some examples of demonic oppression could be unable to do your typical tasks, not being able to say your prayers or go to church routinely, acting less friendly, things like that, you know? Yeah. And with demonic oppression, an individual or member of the church can rid demons through sacraments and prayer rather than needing an entire exorcism. Huh. So Cindy never said Amy is demonic oppressed or anything like that. But it just seems like from the outside looking in that it was more of an oppression situation rather than a possession. Yeah. Um, But thankfully now... This article was written in 2019, and the fall occurred in 2005. So from 2005 to 2019, Amy has been okay. Her mental state is okay. She no longer hears those voices. She feels very strong in her faith. Like I said, she sadly is still paralyzed, but she is praying every day regarding that. And she will always maintain that this was outside forces, dark forces, demonic forces, and that Cindy helped her to get rid of them. This is done, and there's a happy ending, and I'm happy about that. But what I wonder is, how did this happen in the first place? Yeah, it's weird. It seems like maybe something with her work. With that, I wonder where the burn victim came from. Like, yeah. I don't know. I wonder. I, I wish whoever 
Uh, I wish that they could have asked Amy, like, do you think this had anything to do with the victim? Do you know who the burned victim was? Was there any more regarding his story? Yeah, it just seems like it had to somehow be linked to that event. Right. That's just crazy. But similar to Jackie's story, guys, appreciate every second of every day because you don't know when you'll just be working a shift and all of a sudden you can't remember how to finish it and all of a sudden you can't go about your daily routine and finish your life as you would like. Take that with a grain of salt, guys. Exactly. That story was crazy. I know. But I'm glad it had a happy ending, though. And that was just in 2005. And she's like, yeah, I'm possessed. And I got pushed out of this window and I'm paralyzed. And there's only one article about it. Yeah, that is true. I want to hear more. Maybe if we reach out, we could talk to her. (gasps) True. Because I feel bad if people obviously are going to see her story and just think she's crazy or this or that. Like, she was a nurse. She can, any, like, whatever you guys are going to, the opinions that you have, I'm sure she can debate and give you a diagnosis. We should somehow see if we can reach out to her and chat with her. She still lives with her husband, I believe, in the same home that uh, she had the fall from. So we could see in Little Rock, Arkansas. We should. Amy, are you there? Cindy? Reach out. You girls there? You listening? Reach out to us. I'll be calling you soon. (laughs) But that was a really good episode. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. I think this was a good week. I liked your story. I agree. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And let us know if you've heard either of these or if you guys have never heard of them and you want more possessions or if you're scared of possessions, let us know either way. Yes, let us know. We love your guys' comments. Chat with us on Insta. Give us a five-star review. Exactly. And we will see you guys next time for another spooky episode. Ooh, that's creepy. We will be creepy once more next time. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.